What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome. Boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Time Out with. Uh, I already messed up. Fuck, I got it. What the fuck am I on? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Time Out with Tony. Your host, Tony. Before we get into today's episode, I want to take a quick minute and tell you guys uh, some special announcements. For starters, we will be holding a contest soon. The prize? Well, I'm proud to announce that I may be getting into um, making merchandise for you guys. Uh, now, the first few things, first few, uh, you know, pieces of merchandise will be free to you guys only if you enter the contest, but after that, I'm going to start selling shit because uh, your boys got to eat. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I'm proud to announce that I am taking a look at it. Uh, this is only just, you know, a thought right now that I'm having it debating going over. And uh, uh, soon enough, I'll have more updates on it. Most likely, I don't know, in the next maybe, I want to say month and a half. I don't know, but soon. And uh let me know what you got, what kind of merchandise you guys want to see. If you guys want to see some shirts, definitely for sure. One thing I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna start is stickers. I wanna, I wanna uh, get to making those quickly. I have a friend who knows a lot about that kind of stuff, and I think she could be able to help me with this. Um, let's see what else, what else? Um, right, I wanna for starters a shirt. I'm not really sure how the de- I want the design, but um, take a look into that. Stickers, that's a must-have. Uh, that no debating. That's where I'm gonna start. Actually, I'm gonna start off with stickers and then take it off one by one. Um, hmm. well, uh, but but aside from that, you guys, uh, what do you guys think? I should, uh, what kind of merchandise should we have for shirt for starters? Shirts and stickers, hats. I want to do hats, but they're just so damn expensive. So I I don't know. Uh, maybe phone cases. Ooh, phone cases. That sounds like a really great idea. Now that I mentioned it, and I'm gonna write it down. Phone cases, that would be good, but I don't know, man. The budget, that's what kind of, you know, mainly bothers me, you know. I'm not I'm not saying that I'm running low on funds. I'm just saying that I really shouldn't be wasting a lot of money on this, knowing that I have other um, bills to pay. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, but let me know what you guys think. Um... Feel free to DM me and stuff like that, and I'll get back to you. Uh, let's see, what's next? Uh, second order of business. Mm, sometime in the near future, I want to say maybe early, uh, late April, early May, I will be taking somewhat of a brief, uh, somewhat of a brief hiatus. But don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, because I do have. Some things that will be set into motion sometime around uh, the the time of this recording, which is uh, it's the second week of March for me. For you guys, you guys are still get, you guys are getting this halfway through March, but um, I have set some things into motion, or I'm planning on setting some things into motion. Uh, you guys won't be left without you know episodes or no activity at all. I will be having some people stand in, um, which should be entertaining to say the least and uh just want to give you like a bit new perspective and all that kind of stuff so we'll see about that 
Um, and aside from that, um, what else is there to say? Um, oh, right. Thank you guys so much for the support. It means a lot, really. None of this could have happened without the support of you guys. So if you keep the support up, we may be able to actually, you know, start selling some good merchandise. We'll give away first, then start selling some good merchandise. And uh, let, let me know what you guys think about that kind of stuff. So uh, spread the word, too. Don't forget. All right, folks. Order of business. Let's get down to business. <laughs> the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Where a bunch of old, disgusting, dirty men decide to go after three kids. Uh, um, that was that was wrong. That, that was that was badly put together. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, today we will be reviewing Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Book number two, or movie number two. Uh, personally, for me, this has got to be my favorite Harry Potter movies of all of of all eight. And uh, just because it's my favorite, it doesn't mean I'm going to, you know, give it the highest rating. No, 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 no. I'm going to be true to myself. I'm going to be true with you guys. Say what's need, what needs to be said, and we'll leave it at that, folks. So, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, my favorite, favorite movie and book. Actually, I've actually read the book. It's, uh, I want to say the book is a bit better than the movie, uh, just in terms of like you know describing and a few you know actual scenes that weren't put into the movie, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll just leave it at that, folks. All right, so uh. Get into business, folks. Sit back, relax, crack open a beer, soda, and or water, folks, and enjoy, because this is Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. For those of you new to our podcast, here's how the situation goes. We go a bit of into a premise, recap the movie, give it our rating, why we gave it that rating, and other personal opinions. We take a look at how it was received and how it did at the box office. And we take a look at, and in terms, since this is a book adaptation, we take a look at the uh, the differences between the book and the movie itself. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. All right, folks, let's get into this. For those of you that don't know, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets is a 2002 fantasy film directed by Chris Columbus and distributed by Warner Bros. Pictures. It's based on J.K. Rowling's 1998 novel of the same name. Produced by David Heyman and written by Steve Close, it is the sequel to 2001's Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Could you believe it's been 20 years since they actually released the first Harry Potter movie? It's crazy. Anyways, so it's a sequel to the first to, to the Philosopher's Stone, and it is, it is the second installment in the Harry Potter film series. The film stars Daniel Radcliffe as the titular character, Harry Potter with Rupert Grant as Ron Weasley, Harry's best buddy and the occasional comedy relief, and Emma Watson as Hermione Granger, the lady of the group. And she's too young to be hot, so don't even, don't even get any ideas, folks. Uh, 
Anyways, the story follows Harry Potter's second year at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry as the heir of Salazar Slytherin reopens the Chamber of Secrets and unleashes a monster that petrifies the school's dens and needs. Uh, I don't know. The cast of uh, the first film returned for the sequel with the additions of Kenneth Bra- Branagh, that's how you pronounce it, Kenneth Branagh, Jason Isaacs, and Gemma Jones, among the others. It was the last film to feature Richard Harris as Professor Dumbledore due to his death that same year. Principal photography first began on in November of 2001, literally three days after the release of the first film. It was shot in Leavesden Film Studios and historic buildings around the UK, as well as the Isle of Man. Filming concluded in July of 2002. Chamber of Secrets was released in the UK and in the US on November 15, 2002, and the film became a critical and commercial success, grossing $879 million worldwide and became the second highest grossing film right behind Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. It was nominated for many awards, including BAFTA Award for Best Production Design, Best Sound, and Best Special Visual Effects. It was followed by 2004's Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> All right, folks, let's get into the story. Our story opens up after yet another summer with a stupid piece of shit, Dursley. See, why would they keep sending... See, there's your first mistake. Why do they keep sending him to live with these... These... these? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? How do you ascribe racism to, to witches and wizards? I don't know. But anyways, they sent him back to live with these anti-magic anti folks. And for all we know, one of them could put, fucking pull the trigger on Harry any one of these nights. And they still decide to keep sending him there. Not mega mind move, Dumbledore, if you ask me. Anyways, so after spending another shitty summer with the Dursleys, Harry Potter meets Dobby, a house elf who warns him that it's too dangerous to return to Hogwarts. Dobby? Fan favorite. Dobby sabotages an important dinner for the Dursleys, and then they end up locking Harry in order to prevent his return to Hogwarts. You're never gonna see those freaky friends of yours again. That's not even. Harry's friend, Ron Weasley, and his brother and his brothers, twins, Fred and George, rescue him and their in their father's flying Ford Ang Anglia. Anglia. Anglia? Anglia. Ford Anglia. It's a magic flying car, it's pretty fucking cool. Harry and the Weasley family are joined by Rubius Hagrid and Hermione Granger at a book signing by Gilderoy Lockhart. For those of you that don't know, Gilderoy Lockhart, Lockhart is well a well-respected member of the wizarding community. As you can see, he's um sort of like a... What's the word? He's a handsome conqueror. There you go. That's a, He's a handsome conqueror who has solved many problems in the wizarding world and... Guess what? He announces that he's going to be Hogwarts' new defense against a dark arts teacher. You know, after the last one turned out to have Voldemort living on the back of its head. Anyways, he gets con confronted by Draco Malfoy, his arch nemesis. Harry notices that Malfoy's father, Lucius Malfoy, slips a book into Jeannie Weasley, Ron's sister, belongings. When Harry and Ron are blocked from entering platform nine and three quarters, at London's, London King's Cross Railway Station, they take the flying car to Hogwarts and end up crashing into the Whomping Willow, which is basically a tree that can move on itself. I mean, it can, you know, just stand up from where it's at. It could, you know, punch you with its trunks and branches. It's really a brutal, brutal way to die, if you ask me. Anyways, they crash into the Whomping Willow and Ron's wand. <laughs> Ron's wand. Ron's wand. 
Ron's wand. Ron's wand. Ron's wand gets broken. And, uh, well, as punishment for uh, almost exposing themselves to the entire world, they receive detention. While in detention, Harry starts hearing strange voices and later finds out that the caretaker, Arya's Filch's cat, Mrs. Norris, has been petrified. And beside, there's a message written in blood saying the Chamber of Secrets has been opened. Enemies of the air, beware. Professor McGonagall explains that one of Hogwarts founders, Salazar Slytherin, supposedly constructed a secret chamber containing a monster that only him and his bloodline can control. It's capable of purging the school of the mugg muggle-born students. Now, if you don't know, Salazar Slytherin was anti-letting muggles study magic. Keep this in mind. Anyways, they start suspecting that Malfoy is actually the heir. Harry, Ron, and Hermione plan to question him while disguised using the forbidden polyjuice potion, which they brew in a bathroom, disuse in a disused bathroom haunted by a ghost known as Moaning Myrtle. Hey, baby, you know, Myrtle won't be the only one moaning tonight, if you know what I mean. <laughs> That's disgusting. No, it's not. Uh, that quote has it. <laughs> That quote hasn't done any good for me. <laughs> okay, anyways. During a Quidditch game, Harry's arm gets broken by a bull bludger. Uh, now, if you know how to play Quidditch, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't, I suggest you research Quidditch. Anyways, he ends up in the infirmary, infirmary and that later that night, Dobby visits him and reveals that he's the one who closed the portal to the platform night nine and three quarters and made the bludger chase Harry to force him to leave school. Of course, this does nothing, and Harry says, Yeah, I'm gonna stay here. When Harry communicates with the snake, the school believes that he's actually the heir of Slytherin. Harry, Ron, Harry and Ron learn that Malfoy is not actually the heir, but his father had told him that a muggle-born girl died when the chamber was last opened, which was almost 50 years prior. Harry finds an enchanted diary owned by a former student by the name of Tom Riddle, who, 50 years before, accused Hagrid, who was then a student, of opening the chamber. When the diary is stolen and Hermione is petrified, Harry and Ron question Hagrid. Professor Dumbledore, the Minister of Magic, Cornelius Fudge, and Lucius arrive at Hagrid's hut in order to take him to Azkaban, and he discreetly tells the boys to follow the Spartas. That, that was a really bad. That was not good. I, I, I'm so sorry, you guys. I just feel the need to, to, to speak with an accent. Anyways, they head into the Forbidden Fortress following the spiders, and Harry and Ron meet Hagrid's giant pet spider, Aragog, who reveals Hagrid's innocence and provides a clue about the chamber's monster. A book page that was stuffed inside Hermione's hand minutes before she was petrified reveals that the monster is actually a basilisk, a gigantic, like, big-ass, I'm talking like, hmm, I don't know, let me see. Uh, we're talking... Look, you know those gigantic big-ass gummy worms that they give out, I mean, that they sell? Like, you, you've you heard of those gigantic big-ass gummy worms? That you could just chew on it? Yeah, well, it's like that, but like, I don't know, maybe 10 times. Just 30 times for safe measure, 30 times larger. Anyways. <clears throat> what was I saying? All right. It's a gigantic serpent that kills people who make, who make the right, direct, Direct? What the fuck am I on? Direct eye contact with it. The petrified victims only saw it indirectly. 
The school staff learned that Ginny has been taken into the chamber and convinced Lockhart to save her. Harry and Ron find Lockhart preparing to flee, and they expose him as a fraud. Knowing Myrtle was the girl that the basilisk killed, they find the chamber's entrance in her bathroom. Once inside, Lockhart seizes Ron's broken wand, but it backfires and Lockhart's memory gets wiped. And, well, the cave kind of collapses, but they're all good. Harry finally enters the chamber alone and finds Ginny unconscious. Guarded by a, a figment. And what's the figment? Tom Riddle, who reveals that he used the diary to manipulate Ginny into reopening the chamber and that he's Slytherin's heir. It doesn't it doesn't stop there, folks. Oh no 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 as it turns out Tom Riddle is actually a younger version of Voldemort himself. Bum 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 Harry expresses his loyalty to Dumbledore and Fox, the, the, the fire phoenix, arrives with a sorting hat, causing Riddle to summon the basilisk. Fox blinds the basilisk and the sorting hat, sorting hat, sorry, the sorting hat eventually produces the sword of Gryffindor. Well, it explains itself. It's Godric Gryffindor, the founder of the Gryffindor house in Hogwarts. Anyways, it's this guy's sword. It's Godric Gryffindor's sword. And according to legend, only a true Gryffindor can pull it out of the bag. I mean, can pull it out of the hat. Hat, hat, and eh, whatever. Anyways, Harry uses a sword of Gryffindor against the Basilisk, and the Basilisk gets killed. Not before Harry gets poisoned by one of its fangs in the process. Despite his injury, Harry stabs the diary with the Basilisk fang, defeats Riddle, and revives Ginny. Hawk's tears heal him. As it turns out, Fire Phoenix tears can heal people. He returns to Hogwarts with his friends and a baffed Lockhart. Earning Dumbledore's praise and Hagrid's release, Harry accuses Lucius, Dobby's master, of planting the diary in Jenny's cauldron and tricks him into freeing Dobby. Yes, master. Master has given Dobby clothes. The Basilisk's victims are healed and Hermione reunites with Harry, Ron, and Hagrid. And they all lived happily ever after. Da, 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 da. Okay, that's enough of that. Talk about a story, folks. Now you can obviously see why I like this. But it's time to give it our rating. On a scale of 1 to 10, folks, I have to give Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets a... A 9 out of 10. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I got to give it the same score I gave Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. A 9 out of 10. And well, here's why. For starters, the reason why I didn't give it a complete 0 out of 0 would have to be, well, the plot. Of course, the plot has a huge, 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 huge... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, the plot just basically determines how the overall movie uh, is. You know, it's not exactly the, the special effects or or the cast or the acting it's the plot the plot has the biggest impact if you ask me the, it has the biggest impact of all the movies and so i really enjoy the plot the entire mystery the fact that no one felt the need to bring up uh voldemort no one really ever thought hey maybe this uh, voldemort guy could have been the heir to the throne and we get a little bit more of a bit of a more backstory into voldemort's past you know when we first met him in the 
in in the Sorcerer's Stone, we we saw him as you know this big bad guy for no fucking reason. He just did, didn't like people. He he kills people and all this kind of stuff. But now that we're 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 seeing this, we get a little bit more, a, a bit better, a better um perspective as to his goals. As to his objectives, as an as a as a bad guy, what exactly is he fighting for? Why why is he like this? You, you know what I'm saying? And, oh sh! I gotta stop playing with this magnet, man. Why do I keep playing with a fucking magnet? Don't you just fiddle around with a pencil like always, kid? Jeez. Um. Uh, what was I saying? Oh right, like I said before, in the first movie, we got no. We didn't really get to see what his objectives were. He just wanted the Philosopher's Stone so he could return. We didn't see why he was a bad guy in the first place. Why is he like this in the first place? We And in Harry Potter, Chamber of Secrets, we finally understand, you know? Oh, he's a bad guy because, well, he just doesn't like uh, muggles learning magic. You know, he thinks it should be kept only to, to wizard-born people only. And to them only, you know what I'm saying? Uh, if you, if you, a white supremacist, if you, if you will, we, we finally learned that well, he, well, he's a fucking supremacist. He believes in wizard supremacy, and well, he just doesn't want muggles to learn. He doesn't want them to have the same opportunities as normal wizards usually have. But the thing is, man, if you take a look at it, his cause is kind of dying, man, because a lot of people in the wizarding world. Their, their bloodline is not pure anymore. They got moguls here and there, you know, uh, kids half and half. Some of the kids, you know, they're entering the wizard world and they're not even, you know, completely part of a witch family. You know, they're, they're, they just so happen to have magic. They just so happen to have magic. And uh, frankly, if you ask me, Voldemort, it's a dying cause, man, because you take a look at the world, you see it's changing, man. And whether you like it or not, you got to put up with it. And, you know, what disgusts me the most is the fact that a lot of people in Voldemort's bloodline were created or were, were birthed due to incest. Yes, you heard me right. Incest. In order to preserve the bloodline, they fucked each other. Which is completely disgusting. But I... Uh... Am I seriously defending... Incest? No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Stop. Okay, go cool, on. Stop. But you, you, you understand what I'm saying, don't you? You don't, do you? No, you guys don't. But anyways, yeah. The plot. Voldemort. A bit more uh, interpretation as to Voldemort's backstory. Uh, let's see. What? Why? Why do I gotta give it a nine out of ten? Just the whole buildup. Frankly, if you ask me, the build-up to find out who the heir uh, Slytherin is, who can open up the Chamber of Secrets, uh, the fact that all these lines, you see all these clues, they're all connecting together, and they, frankly, the build-up is pretty cool. <laughs> it's really cool. It keeps you extremely intrigued into the into the 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 storyline. And frankly, that's that's the only reason why this is my favorite movie is because of the buildup, the fact that we get a little bit more of a, a look at Voldemort's origins and all that kind of stuff. So 
really this is this is this is why my it's my favorite movie now the reason why we didn't give it a complete 10 out of 10 is there are some you know a little bit of uh plot holes into the story like for example throughout the movie uh before they enter hogwarts one of the biggest rules in hogwarts is that you cannot use magic outside of school if so your ass is on the line and what surprises me the most is there were there were a few scenes you know with 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 ron and harry while he was with with ron and harry while while harry was staying at the weasley house they were using magic i guess if you're in supervision of adults i guess but while they're in diagon alley you see them using magic and not they don't get in trouble which is fucking weird and it's confusing because it's like wait this is like the most sacred law, and now you're telling me they're fucking breaking it again. Kind of contradicts itself. Same thing later in the, on in the story where you see um, Harry and Ron risk it all just to get to Hogwarts, you know, by using the flying car. They get into the flying car, and a couple of muggles see them fly by, right? Well, isn't it supposed that if any kind of magical artifact? gets exposed out to the open it's your head on the line as well that makes no fucking sense and it surprises me as to why they weren't kicked out of hogwarts when they got to hogwarts it's fucking weird stupid it contradicts itself but it's a movie so what am i gonna do about it this happened what 20 plus years ago i give a fuck okay let's see what other reason Hmm. Why we give it a nine out of ten? I think that's solid review. I guess. What do you guys think? Oh right, uh, the guy who played as young Voldemort. What's his face? Uh, I'm looking through the cast list. I'm sorry, you guys are gonna have to give me a minute. In the meantime, to, uh, listen to me, scat. Skip it up, boop, bop, boop, bop, it up, bang, bang, Christian Coulson, there we go. The guy who plays Christian Coulson, his interpretation of Voldemort, a young Voldemort, was surprisingly well. You'd assume with all these kids playing as, you know, a younger version of, I don't know, fucking young, young counterparts of evil characters. Uh, you, you think it'd be kind of garbage, you know, but no, this Christian Coulson fella really nailed it down to the T, bro, to the dot, bang, and I, I thought that was good, I'll give him props for that, and, um, yeah, that's pretty much it, folks, what do you guys think? Let's take a look at behind the scenes. Production designer Stuart Craig returned for a sequel to design new elements previously not seen in the first film. He designed the borough, the Weasley household, based on Arthur Weasley's interest in muggles built vertically out of architectural salvage. Mr. Weasley's frying car was created from a 1962 Ford Anglia 10, I mean 105E, the Chamber of Secrets, measuring over 76 meters long and 36 meters was the biggest set created for the saga Dumbledore's office, which houses the Sorting Hat and the Sword of Gryffindor, was also built for the film as well. Lindy Hemming was the costume costume designer for um, <clears throat> pardon me, 
for Chamber of Secrets, she retained many of the characters' already established appearances and chose to focus on the new characters introduced to the sequel. For example, Gilderoy Lockhart's wardrobe incorporated bright colors in contrast with the dark and muted somber colors of the other characters. Brana said, quote, We wanted to create a hybrid between a period dandy and someone who looked as if they could fit into Hogwarts, end quote. And Ming also perfected Lucius Malfoy's costume. One of the original concepts was for him to wear a pinstripe suit, but it was changed to furs and a snake head cane in order to remark his aristocrat quality and to reflect a sense of the old. Whatever that says. Bit of a fun fact, actually. Well, I don't know about them, but it was fun for them. But um, there was actually an, a lice outbreak during the during filming of the scene. Could you imagine that? Uh, I don't know. How many kids does, did they employ? A hundred, hundred fifty. Could you imagine an outbreak of a hundred fifty kids with lice? Jeez, Louise, that sounds extremely, extremely chaotic. I mean, I, I myself, I when I was in sixth grade, actually, I myself had uh, lice, and uh, let me tell you, it was a complete fucking headache. You got to be careful with the lice shampoo. I had my mom, you know, checking, you know, every little corner of the head. Uh, head got really itchy. I couldn't, you know, just leave my sweater lying around. No, you got to confine yourself. Uh, don't touch other people's things, only wear your hat, don't go around, you know, bumping heads with other people, um, you'd be surprised at the amount of stupid things I've done, but, uh, yeah, no, it was not fun, so, be careful, people. Principal photography for the Chamber of Secrets began on November 19th, 2001, literally three days after the wide release of the first film. Second unit work had started three weeks before, primarily for the flying car scene. Uh, filming took place mainly at Leaveston Film Studios in Herd Hertfordshire, as well as the Isle of the Man. King's Cross Railway Station was used as the filming location for Platform 93 Quarters, those St. Pancras International, no, Pancras, sorry, St. Pancras International was used for the exterior shots. Rochester Cathedral was used for as setting for uh, Hogwarts School, along with Durban Cathedral at Alnwick Castle, Lacock, that's Lacock Abbey, and Bodleian Library, as well as the University of Oxford. The borough was built in Gypsy Lane, Abbott Langley, in front of Leavesden Studios. Roger Pratt was brought on as a director of photography for Chamber of Secrets in order to give the film a dark and edgier feel than its predecessor, which reflected the growth of characters and the story. Director Chris Columbus opted to use handheld cameras to allow more freedom and movement, which he considered a departure for him as a filmmaker. The University of Cambridge linguistic professors, Professor Francis Nolan created Parseltongue the language you spoken by snakes in the film. Principal photography wrapped up in July of 2002. Now, the special effects in this movie are something that intrigues me the most, especially with the fact that they were able to create creatures such as Fox the Fire Phoenix, Dobby the House Elf, and Aragog the Big Ass Spider. <laughs> it was really cool how they were able to create it. Visual effects took nine months to make until October 9th, 2002, when the film was finished. Industrial Light and Magic Film... Magic Mill Film, the moving picture company, Cinest, and frame store CS, uh, CFC handled the approximately 950 visual effects shots in the film. Jim Mitchell and Nick Davis served as a visual effects supervisors and they were in charge of creating CG characters such as Dobby the House Elf, the Basilisk, the Cornish Pixies, and a bunch of others. Chaz Garrett from NPC served as a CG supervisor overseeing the approach of any shot that contained CG in the film. 
with a crew of 70 people. The company produced 250 shots, 244 of which made the film from September 2001 to October the next year. The visual effects team worked alongside creature effects supervisor Nick Dudham, who devised Fox the Phoenix, the Mandrakes, the Aragog, I mean, the Aragog, Aragog, the Acromantula, and the first 25 feet of the Basilisk, according to Dudman. He said, quote, Aragog represented a significant challenge to the creature department, end quote. The spider stood at nine feet tall with an 18-foot leg span, each of uh, of which had to be controlled by a different team member. The whole creature weighed three quarters of a ton, and it took over 15 people to operate the animatronic Aragog on set. Could you believe that using that much manpower? The Whomping Willow scene required a combination of practical and visual effects. Special effects supervisor John Richardson and his team created mechanically uh, operated branches to hit the flying car. Uh, one to three ratio scale was set. I mean, set was built on stage at Shepperton. Pardon me, Shepperton Studios, which featured the fully sized top third of the tree with a forced digital. I mean, with a forced perspective to appear a height over a hundred feet high. The courtyard and the tree were built in three D, and some shots ended up being entirely digital. Jerry identified the rendering as the biggest challenge of the scene because there was just so much of it going on. It was simply massive, like my dick. Sorry, I, I had to say that. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, I do apologize for my immaturity, but... In, in my defense, it was a perfect setup. It was a perfect setup. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secret held its world premiere at Odeon Leicester Square on November 3rd, 2002, and was released in the UK and the US on November 15th. The film broke multiple records upon its opening in the US and Canada. The film opened with... Um, with an $88.4 million opening weekend at 3,862 cinemas, the third largest at the time, right behind Spider-Man and Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. It was also number one at the box office for two non-consecutive weekends. In the UK, the film broke all opening records that were previously held by the Philosopher's Stone and made £18.9 million during its opening, including previews, and £10.9 million in excluding previews. It went on to make £54.8 million in the UK at the time, the fifth, big, the fifth biggest tally of all time in the region. The film also made a total of, I mean, the film went on to make a total of $879 million worldwide, and it was the second highest grossing film of 2002, right behind The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, and the fourth highest grossing film in the U.S. and Canada that year with $262 million behind Spider-Man, The Two Towers, and Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. I mean, Clones. I'm sorry. I thought there was a W. Attack of the Clones. However, it was the year's number one film outside of America, making $617 million compared to The Two Towers, which... Brought in $584.5 million. Wow. 
On Rotten Tomatoes, the film has an approval rating of 82% based on 239 reviews with an average of 7.21 out of 10. The site's critical consensus reads, quote, Though perhaps more enchanting for our younger audiences, Chamber of Secrets is nevertheless both darker and livelier than its predecessor, expanding and improving upon the film's first universe. The first film's universe, sorry, end quote. On Metacritic, the film has a score of uh, 63 out of 100 based on 35 critics, indicating, quote, generally, fav generally favorable reviews, end quote. Audiences polled by a cinema score gave the film a rare A-plus, the only film in the Harry Potter series to receive such a grade. Wow. Of course, it went on to, you know, to get nominated by, by uh, Amanda Awards, Bogey Awards, British Academy Awards, Golden Reel Awards, Grammy Awards for Best Soundtrack, um, Saturn Awards, Stinker's Bad Movie Awards, which, uh, if you want to know, they nominated Toby the House Elf for Most Annoying Non-Human Character in a Movie, which I gotta admit, at first, Dobby was a bit annoying, but towards the end, he was fun to be around. And uh, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. As far as Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets go, folks, this is pretty much it. Once again, thank, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank you all for listening. Uh, it really means a lot to get support from you guys. And um, frankly, to be true, to be honest, it, none of this would have been possible without you guys' support. So really, thank you. It means a lot. Uh, on top of that, uh, going back to what I said at the beginning of the episode, um, keep your eyes open for that contest will be coming soon and for sure for sure the prizes will be stickers stickers you can slap on your laptop your phone you fuck it your car uh where else where else can you store put that smack that bad boy on your 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 bike uh, that, that's probably a bad idea don't do that um Okay, you could smack it on your room, your mirror, your cheeks. I don't know. It's your sticker. Um, keep an eye out for that. I don't know what exactly is it, it is that you guys are going to have to do in order to win. Um, only time will tell. I still need to really think this out and all that kind of stuff. And once again, keep your eye out for the brief hiatus that I will be taking. Um, this is not like I'm in trouble or like anything like that or i'm like oh, depressed no nothing like that it's just uh it's medically wise um soon uh, for this in the near time future i will be having my wisdom teeth taken out and you know the whole process goes it's can't talk you can't move your mouth as as well as you can uh, really just a pain in the ass um, and it's gonna hurt like a bitch, so I will have people stand in for me, you know, just for an episode or two. Um, I don't really plan on being gone more than three weeks, so that's like, what, two, three episodes worth? Um, yeah, that's pretty much it, folks. Um, once again, ladies and gentlemen, please take care, stay safe. These are weird times we're living in. Uh, please know the necessary precautions. And, uh... Don't drink your drive, folks. Thank you guys so much for listening. Stay safe. Don't drink your drive. And um, catch you guys in the next one. See you. Take care. I've seen better days.